Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your hosts, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. It is Tuesday night. Tuesday night. That means we're back with another episode of Dynasty Theory. Again, as we mentioned last week, now a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts. Super excited. I'm John Bauer. We're joined by Dan Lamagna. What's up, Dan? Gents, you know, in a life that's sometime measured by how well we do in football, it was a good weekend. You know, like home drafts, fishbowl, dynasty, DFS, my favorite pro college and high school team all won. Like, it was a really good weekend. Although I did have like one team that somehow had like Tua and Waddle and lost. And my team actually, like, like other guys did well. It was just like the perfect storm, but it was, you know, I kind of chalked that one up and then it backfired. But good football week. So, ready to talk some more tonight. Well, hopefully, this other gentleman's weekend went just as smoothly. You all know him, you all love him. Mitch Sorensen, what's up, Mitch? It went great. DFS is, I'm killing it. DFS, <laughs> like, first two weeks have been amazing. So, I'm fully counting on me, like, being overconfident going into next week. I'm going to lose every cent that I have, but. It'll be worth it. John's going to send us a, a five-page memo in the morning that this is a dynasty show, but thanks for humoring us, JB. Yeah, I allow it sometimes. I allow it. Uh, before we get into tonight's show, and we have a really great one lined up, this week's episode of Dynasty Theory is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Just over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. 20% off, free shipping internationally. Check it out. A lot of great products. A lot of people in the Discord, they've checked it out. It, it helps us. It does support us. So if you like the show, if you enjoy the show, and you also want to take care of yourself, little male, little male grooming there, uh, check it out. It's uh, code Theory20 over at manscaped.com. Again, 20% off and free international shipping. The lawnmower. Oh, yeah, man. Why don't, why don't you ever mention the weed whacker? I'm really impressed with that new product. But can I be honest here? I my nose isn't all that hairy. Okay, the nostrils are pretty. What? I mean, you see the you see the beard I grow. Beard. I, the beard. I, it's not that I have that a, loosely. a hairy nose issue by any means. It's just like every once in a while, occasional while you get one, and like it's just it's so it's smooth like butter. Well, the weed whacker is a great product too. That's a frequent frequent use. That's like a that's a staple in every man's household. I think we have a comment from Wes. Get those balls slick as JB's hair with Manscaped. <laughs> I I'm having a pretty good hair day, Wes. I'm not gonna lie. All right, week two is in the books. A lot happened, and the the notes that we go off of it is so easy for me because I see the conversations that are popping up over and over and over again in our discord. Whenever I venture out into the Twitter verse, I see it there as well. So there's two players specifically one based on performance two based on an injury, two guys that we want to talk about here. And again, like we always say the conversations, it could go anywhere because on the show notes, I just listed their names. So Trey Lance, the ankle injury. He has successful surgery. He's I mean, now they're saying he could be healthy for the end of the season. Holy, we're talking. 
Dan and I off the air were talking about X Men, and he said I like Wolverine. First of all, that's not surprising. Wolverine, I feel like, would be Dan's guy, but is Trey Lance Wolverine? Anyway, let's say he's out for the rest of the season because realistically speaking, I think that is what is going to happen here. But Mitch, Trey Lance, you were a Trey Lance believer. I was. Prior to the injury. How do you feel right now? How do you feel? I'm sad. Well, so here's the funny thing. I'm very sad for Trey Lance because I think it sucks. It sucks for his dynasty value. But I kind of like what it does for that 49ers offense because now I know what to do. I like I love Debo now. Like Debo is already rising up my ranks because it's like, oh wait, Debo's gonna be really good now. I know exactly how he's gonna perform in this offense. Jeff Wilson, fine, I think if they with. will give him the ball, he's gonna be awesome. And you just know how this offense is gonna be with the the 49ers now, they're probably the fourth fourth best team in the NFC. And Trey Lance, just from a fantasy perspective, that was fun. But from like an actual NFL perspective, I think the 49ers are going to be a better team this year with Garoppolo than they're going to be with Lance. Now, you have a lot of shares. I do. I have nine. You have nine. Have you done anything since the I'm, injury? And let me let me say, and I know everybody always wants that quick, instant reaction. We give it in the Discord. We give it in the Patreon. Five bucks a month. Come check it out. Rest of September is free. Link is in the show description. But we, we give the instant reactions. But for like the MFL leagues, my fantasy league, you can't trade until in, in most Tuesday of them. Morning. Yeah. Until Tuesday morning. I think that that is a setting in, in most leagues. So today really is the first day for a lot of folks to get out there and make something happen. So what have you been able to do? I picked up more Trey Lance shares. You picked up more. I did. So um, it was a league to where I had like five starting quarterbacks. So I was offered Trey Lance for my Zach Wilson and a Moster in like a third round pick. Really? So I was like, I think you're in that league, John, to be honest with you. But yeah, so I picked up Lance. I figure Wilson was never going to start for me in that league. So I could put Lance on the bench and just see how it goes going into next season. But that's kind of how I'm approaching it. I have a lot of leagues to where he might have been my second quarterback and maybe I don't have anyone, you know, to back him up. So a lot of times those leagues, those teams are pretty young in the first place. That's why Trey Lance was going to be my starting quarterback. So if it ends up, I just end up tanking this year in that league. I'm completely okay with it because then I'll have an early 23 first with Lance coming back. And hopefully I don't have to spend that pick on a quarterback. Before I turn it over to Dan, I... Let's say you're in a scenario, Mitch, because ideally we're sitting there with Trey Lance on our mm -hmm. team, and ideally we have our 23 first still. We still yep. have that in our back pocket. Yep. Let's say you don't have that pick. Ooh. You moved it, and maybe you have – maybe you roll, we're rolling with like Wentz, Goff, and Trey Lance, so maybe you're not you know, off to a terrible start to the season, mm -hmm. but what might you be looking to do differently if you don't have that, that feature first? No. That's a tough question. I would move Trey Lance. I would probably try to add to him to get Trevor Lawrence. Just someone who's That's still fair. young that I could build with. You know, I'll probably have to give up someone pretty good. I bet you I'm going to have to add. Look, I'm just looking at your tears here. It's probably going to have to be at least a Gabriel Davis, right? Would, would you at have least. any interest? Would you have any interest? And this is something that I know a few people in the, the Discord got done. 
but something centered around a Russell Wilson or a Kirk Cousins, somebody that has been underperforming that is more of a stable asset than even a Trevor Lawrence. But I, maybe yeah. I'm asking, maybe I'm asking the wrong person. You are. Question. Yeah. Stable asset, Russell Wilson. I don't think that's a real thing, but Kirk Cousins, I could see Kirk Cousins, but I want something else. How is Russ not a stable dynasty asset? He's not forward? a good quarterback. It's probably oh, the biggest thing. I, 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 I'm I mean, dealing with this uh, about an hour ago. I'm getting messages from Dan. How do I open Slack? <laughs> Dan, I don't know your passwords, man. That's a serious. Th- again, I always, I always joke. I say, you wonder why I'm on edge. This is why I'm living it. Dan, you're on mute, buddy. The wife stressed me out tonight. I get this new iPhone. It, it, like, it's not that I don't know how to work Slack, but every option they give me, I'm putting it in and nothing's working. So I'm thinking, is there like a certain code we have or something? So that's another story for offline. But, you know, JB, you got you got to bear with us here. But I, I can see how Mitchell might be firing you up a little bit. But Mitchell's bringing up some good points. Like, I'm, I'm really looking at this quarterback situation a lot more. And it's really, really interesting after, like, the elite – four <laughs> and that's a little early for it to get that interesting but you know there's some guys that were in our top 12 that we're concerned about you know Mitch is bringing up one with, with Russell Wilson you know I've got concerns around Dak there's guys in the next tier you know cars off to a bad start cousins looked horrible last night you see how people impatient people get there's a lot of questions there's a lot of jobs that are becoming uncertainty it's only week two so I think it's for us to decipher what is just a product of a struggling team or coaching staff or, you know, how concerned should we be about these quarterbacks? And then who's in a class that we just need to be a little bit more patient with right now. You're talking about Trey Lance that, that that's what we're on right now. And I got to say, like, I was optimistic on Lance when he was drafted, not with the conviction of Mitch. Mitch was in nine shares. He, he's, he's got skin in the game there. So much kudos. And he, he's standing by it with the Wilson trade, which was a fair trade. I mean, that's you're not losing sleep if that doesn't work out. I mean, it's so but three years, no football. He hasn't really shown us anything like this is going to be year three with, without playing football. A prospect that was very raw. My gut's starting to say that there was a narrative out there that he's something that he's just not. I'm sorry, Mitch. I'm not trying to be, no, you're you, you know, I but, get it. Uh, like the, the red flags are really starting to add up. And I think there's just a big difference between, you know, looking athletic, throwing in shorts and, pa- and then being in pads and playing in the national football league. So for right now, I'm like on uh, the shark tank and I'm out. Now I have to ask the question, Dan, do you yourself, do you have any shares? I have zero. Okay. Zero. Right. And some of that might be because I've traded a lot of draft capital when it, when he was on the market, bit. when he was able to be acquired that year. Uh, but I was never really aggressive going after him. It was kind of a watch and see. Now I have one still, and I might leave this up to the patrons in the Discord and explore options maybe tomorrow morning. Hey, here's a link for the league. Have some fun. Mm-hmm. What do you want me to throw out there? Mitch and I made a trade strictly because of feedback from our patrons. And that, that was a great we, trade. Yeah, Love we kind of have fun with it. And that's something I might do here. But with Trey Lance, like Dan, you brought up a great point about not playing for it's going to be what three years really, yep. and hard. we 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 know he's athletic. We think he's going to be a solid fantasy quarterback, but can he go beyond that? Can he be a reliable NFL quarterback? 
And if we're talking about risk, the, the move Mitch made, there's certainly risk going for Trey Lance, but he moved an asset in Zach Wilson that just has so much risk as well. Mm-hmm. So could that miss? Absolutely. I personally, and a lot of people were saying, hey, based on where JB has him in the tiers, I should probably go out and try to acquire Lance. I dropped him down to that 18 to 20 tier. And I I mean, I'm going to take Justin Fields over him. Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Tua, Lawrence, Carr, Burrow, and you know everybody above there. And I, Mitch? Thinking. Well, you bring up Fields, right? Yeah. So Fields pretty much isn't going to be in any fantasy lineups if you want to win probably for the rest of the year, right? I mean, he's Correct. not streamable, pretty bad. Yeah, as of now. Ma- Correct. Ma- right. It makes me wonder if he is should be more valued than Trey Lance, who's probably going to be out all year. So they might. He didn't just have his ankle. He didn't just have his ankle snapped. It's true, but he (laughs) doesn't have an arm right now either. So he, he listen, you're, you're telling me I got to sit on this asset. And again, this goes on Justin Fields too. And he's at least going to look horrible on the field. Can I I finish? No, you can't. You actually have to listen to me right now. I'm on deck. I was mid sentence. I'm mid sentence here. If, if I look to acquire Justin Fields, and I mean, you and I made a trade. I, I did the trade whenever Lance was healthy, and I was fine with it. I got it was a fourteen team league between you and me. I traded Lance for Fields and Everett, and I would do that trade today with for just Fields. Again, risk is associated with both players. There's no doubt about that. But Fields, while he could bottom out, while Lance could as well there is the possibility that he at least maintains value. You can't say there isn't a possibility. Of course he can. Okay. He might have to throw more than nine times a game. So but... so we want to we want to use a one game sample. Is that what we want to do here? Well we can actually go back to week one as well. So there's a there's a two game and sample with a new did, did you see the game did you did you see the game? Did you watch the, the weather? I did. I also watched that Sunday night game. That was epic. Well, the, uh, it so must have been a little one, windy there in Lambo or something. I'm not so sure. So a, a one game sample. So as a dynasty theory mediator, let me let me let me come in here and, and I'm gonna come to his defense a little bit. Not that he needs it here, but I I'm gonna side with JB and from the perspective, Mitch, that before that injury, they're kind of in the same boat. Like I had concerns over both of those players. Like both of them I could be potentially out on. But as we are doing research, never this year have we heard anything good about Trey Lance that made us feel good, other than oh hey, game one was the weather. Let's see how he does outside of the weather, but nothing good. Not that there's wait, much wait to go you on did, with Fields, did, but there are some people out there that still think maybe this is just a Chicago Bear issue. Dan, you made a great point there. The same game that Mitch is knocking Justin Fields for, he outperformed weather. Trey Lance in that game. Not he by a lot, but he did. Outperformed him. And not only from a fantasy perspective, he led his team to victory and with traps you, receivers. And the 49ers are a much better roster than the Bears. Much better. And Justin Fields led them to victory. Fields did. <laughs> so, so there, there is risk around all of those guys. Yes. Fields, Lawrence, Wilson. There's no debating that. There's no arguing that. I'm 100% on board. But you still don't even like, I mentioned Russell Wilson. No, I don't. You're not a, so you would trade Russell Wilson today for Trey Lance? I'm not going to have Russell Wilson on any team, so we don't need to worry about that scenario. So Sure. It, if we have him in a co-own, let's trade him for Lance right now. Do I, I veto veto. <laughs> At least you're getting points from Russ. You're not getting points from from Lance. 
It's you, you got to sit on that asset. And I, I have, I think one share, like I said, I'm going to be looking to move him and I'll, I'll report back. I'll let people know. I mean, heck I got an offer to acquire somebody's Lance. I, I made an offer for Justin Fields originally at, you know, uh, because he had both quarterbacks and then he countered with Lance and later pieces for Kenny Pickett and Amari Cooper in 23 first. And I said, so the price went up since he broke his ankle <laughs> because that's what it sounds like. Uh, but now let's get out of the quarterback spot here. Cross positionally, how far down running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, whatever you want to look at, how far down are you willing to go? Let's say you're, you're still a contender. Lance slipped in your rookie draft last year, two years ago, and you have two solid quarterbacks that you really like. Uh, you're rolling with Hertz and Lamar, let's say, and you just had Lance. Can I get a lave for Trey Lance? Yes, I I'd be surprised if you couldn't. That would be where it is. Yeah, I like that. That that Jameson, you know, someone around there. I I have that's that's how low I've taken Trey Lance, and this is going to present a perfect opportunity. I know there's people listening and they're thinking, "What is JB sipping on in this coffee mug?" because he must be off his rocker tonight. But again, I just don't want that asset that I'm not going to get anything from for the, this season. And is that, how does he, there's nothing he can do in January through August to rise in value. Really? There isn't, especially if, if Garoppolo goes out and is somewhat decent this year and this team does well, we have a question in the chat and I think it's a fun one. Uh, but Mitch in chronically undervaluing players he dislikes as a tradition. It's like the Masters over here. Tradition like like none other here. Not my fault. Uh, not good. But w- what would happen if if this 49ers team goes deep in the playoffs yep. and they they say Jimmy we want you back. That I yeah, completely shot happen. in terms of value. Yep. Completely shot. Uh looking at some of the comments here. Uh, I, I agree now let me Jack. I've always liked Jack. I agree. JB. What have we seen from Lance at all in the NFL? But again, you could, you could say that about Justin Fields. Uh, listen, we're not, we're in the same ballpark. I always say, but we're certainly not in the same section. That's always like my, my line. All right. Before we move on from Trey Lance, we both, we both, all three of us kind of provided our, our thought, our rationale, how we're valuing him, what we would be looking to do with him especially across the quarterback landscape, Dan, Trey Lancer, 23 first, how far, how early or how late does that 23 first have to be? If you're moving Trey Lance, I know it's tough because you don't have him, but being that I'm out on Lance though, I want the first, I will, I, I, I'll, I mean, it probably depends on my quarterback situation. Cause I don't want to have no, no eggs in the basket for next season at the quarterback position. But maybe to your point, JB, if I've got two solid quarterbacks. No, you, know, you don't. You don't in this situation. You have, I have. You have Dak Prescott. And Russell Wilson. No, you're crazy. You have Dak Prescott, Ryan Tannehill, and Trey Lance on this roster. Oh, God, that I just made up out of nowhere. Horrible. I've got to find myself a way to get a number two quarterback. So that first would have to at least be a mid first to move it. Cause I, I'm really concerned about Tannehill. 
you know, if, if that's the example, if, if there's anyone in that class that I think they're starting to lack job security, I might have to roll the dice on Lance unless I could figure something else out. So I, I need at least a mid first. But if my quarterback situation is stable, I'll take any first. All right. And that we're saying 12 team super flex league. So uh, hopefully somewhere in that conversation within the snippiness that was the Trey Lance discussion. Uh, and, and, and for the record too, cause I, I saw some comments there. I don't know if we answered it. I don't think the Niners could keep Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that's from what I'm reading, he's gone after this year. Like, I just don't think they could afford to, I think they still again are invested in Lance. The Niners are a very good football team. So I think J- Jimmy Garoppolo could help a fantasy team this year. We know what, what Garoppolo could do. We've seen that in the, in the past. And I think now you're getting the good Ayuk, not that Ayuk of the first seven games last year. Now I think teams might be scheming Debo a little bit better, even though he's still having big games and going to have big plays. Um, they need to get Kittle back healthy. But I think Garoppolo is good for this year. And I think he's just auditioning for a new team next year. Jimmy Garoppolo, not on the, the list here, but Mitch, I have – so much Jimmy Garoppolo still. I so the window too. has had the window is, and that's not so. Oh, you know, I you know I knew this. I couldn't get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. That's why yeah. I still have him rostered. So let's be honest here. I couldn't get him, even though like because I was going on the premises that he was going to get traded, and I thought it was going to be early. Then we we realized that wasn't happening. Then I thought it was going to be like by the trade deadline. Now with the Lance news, it's just his opportunities come a lot sooner. So if we have those shares, that's a good thing. It's even more valuable now. Oh, absolutely. And it seems like this always pops up. Uh, it was James Robinson at the running back position when Travis Etienne went out. You know, it seems like there's always one player every year that we get a second chance on, whether it's to produce or to finally move off our roster. But Mitch, what do you think I could get in a 12-team super flex? And it's tough because at this point in time, roster construction to make a trade work is so critical. It really is like sending just random blind offers out. You got to do your homework and you got to look. And we all send those offers from time to time where the other managers like this just doesn't make sense for me. It's like, just please make it make sense. But like I started five minutes ago asking and I stopped, kept rambling. Mitch, what can I get? (laughs) I don't think you could get a first. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. So I moved him today for a second and a third. And it's a league that I'm losing in. So I actually don't want his points on my team because it's a potential points league. So the less amount of points you get, the better your draft pick ends up being. So I was more than happy to move him for a second and third. If I'm really wanting to like get the most out of him, probably a second and maybe, maybe a player like Nico Collins, you know, just try to get that. that you know, value-ish wide receiver that doesn't really have a lot of value with the second. I think you could get more now or at least be patient and you'll eventually get a little bit more. You know there's going to be injuries. You know something's going to happen. There's going to be a team needing a quarterback. I think just – I wouldn't just pump them easy because you're you're, you're trading a starting quarterback on a very good football team that – good chance he's going to have a starting job next year because he's going to put good tape on there with the Niners for teams to see. So then, Dan, would you maybe recommend going out and acquiring? I would like Garoppolo. Now, again, what am I going to give for him? It's going to be team dependent. Um, Again, there's some quarterbacks I think could lose their job this year. So if you're in contention and, 
you know, I have some out there in trades right now, so I don't know if I want to mention them, but you can use your imagination. There's some oh, guys. Oh, 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 open you know, the, the mind of Dan LaMagna here. No, but I mean, you know, the Baker Mayfields, the Danny Jones, Danny Dimes. There's a, there's, there's a potentially a, but you know, Marcus Mariota. I mean, there, there's some unstable guys that people are relying on right now. You know, hopefully the Steelers get off Trubisky sometime soon. Now, hopefully Please no one's God. really counting on him right now, but you know, there's all different scenarios out there. Uh, I have seen him in an, uh, uh, quite, uh, I've seen him on too many teams in one of their quarterback spots starting. All right. So I, I've seen it far too often. We have a comment from buns in the chat. Got Elijah Moore for Jimmy Garoppolo and Landry today in a 14 teamer. And that was to the Ooh. Lance manager. So I, I think it's one. a, I think it's a really nice piece, obviously a 14 teamer. And if that team's contending and maybe they were relying on Lance, it makes sense both ways. You're chasing that title. It's super early here. So I, you know, it, it's tough to, to really look at your squad and say, okay, this is a team that really could make a push, but I like that trade a lot. So, so maybe going after not necessarily a pick, but what a player that had some hype, had production at one point in time, even if it was just a year ago, but they're off to an underwhelming start. But I always talk about the usage and I collect the data from pro football reference PFF and get it all in one place. And looking at that usage, Elijah Moore is still somebody that I'm not writing him off completely just yet. Anyway, the man on the thumbnail, Kyle Pitts, no injury, no injury, but it feels that way when you put him in your starting lineup right now. Mitch, the floor is yours because I think you have some some words here. It's hard. The Kyle Pitts discussion, there like there has to be nuance to it, right? Yep. So the problem is he's I said it um we did a I did a little pivot point just for YouTube talking about trading Hawkinson before the game on Sunday for any 23 first you could. And one of the things I said during it was Pitts and Andrews are really the only two tight ends who could end up going up seriously in value that we care about. Sure, we'll see the bottom six to 12 tight ends. Maybe they jockey for position a little bit, but those are the two tight ends we really care about. And it doesn't really matter how the rest of the season goes. That's just the two that we're going to care about. Pitts, he's never going to put up the tight end one season, in my opinion, in the next few years. I just don't see that happening with Kelsey being in the league. He might be top six. He might be top eight. But he's always going to be valued as that dynasty tight end one until someone younger comes in that has the same sort of athletic profile. Brock. Right? Yeah. I mean, it could happen, but he has to go to a certain spot to where there's targets available for people to actually like him over Kyle Pitts. And so while I think Kyle Pitts is vastly overvalued in Dynasty, I don't have him on a lot of my teams. I completely understand why his value is there. So personally, like over the summer, I traded Pitts for Jamar Chase twice. The Discord hated it every single time. But that's a deal I'm looking to make because I, I can like trust that. Jamar Chase. And I just don't know when I'm going to be able to trust Kyle Pitts, even though he's probably the most athletic, physically talented tight end we have in the league. If he's not catching passes, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, and this is one of those situations, and I've talked about it with DK Metcalf, and it translates really well to Kyle Pitts. Uh, some of it's a quarterback issue. 
And I know that ceiling is still there, not just Kyle Pitts because he's, he's Kyle Pitts and we can look at all the metrics, measurables, what he did as a rookie, but you're seeing Drake London, uh, what is it, Alameda Zacchaeus, I'm sure yeah. I butchered the name, uh, uh, Kaderil Hodge, put up numbers compared to their skill set and the ceiling is still there for Kyle Pitts, but something has to change. And I don't think the answer is Desmond Ritter. I, I, I didn't think it before, and I certainly don't think it now. And I don't think it's Marcus Mariota as this season progresses, but he is one player. It does not, it doesn't matter what he does this year. He, as long as there is no horrific injury or some crazy off the field stuff, He's locked in top eight at worst 12 team super flex two PPR startup pick in four months. And the big dilemma would be like, I remember when before the season kicked off and this was early in the off season. And Mitch, you might remember, cause I think you were jumping on the bandwagon of hate JB that day, but I had Mark Andrews and Kyle Pitts in the same tier at one point. Hmm. And after after some self-reflection and discussions and just the verbal hatred towards me, uh, I, I caved, you know, but then the market itself, obviously. But Kyle Pitts above Mark Andrews. If somebody has Mark Andrews right now, I don't know if anybody's accepting a one-for-one swap for Kyle Pitts. I, I would be yeah. shocked. Yep. I would be shocked because we are in, in season mode. And it is point scoring season and Mark Andrews still showing that he is getting elite usage and elite production with Lamar Jackson there. Uh, And then Travis Kelsey still producing, but I think Mark Andrews is the only one that we can have in the conversation there with, okay, it makes sense why somebody wouldn't do a one for one swap. Now I made a trade that I want to share and it's a 12 team super flex two PPR and I think it was split in the discord. And if you're watching live, drop it in the comments. Yay or nay for me. I want to hear your thoughts, but I moved Kyle Pitts for, and it was like Kyle Pitts, Kyle Rudolph. I almost said Zach Rudolph, Mitch, but I, I went with Kyle a third and a fourth and Kyle Rudolph, just because he was going to be my drop. I don't even know why I had him still rostered there, but so Pitts, Rudolph third and fourth, for Debo Samuel, Damien Harris, a 23 first and two 23 seconds, one of which very well should be a top three. Um, and I, I think a lot of people would say it's light. I I, re, I I think people are still willing to go out and pay that. So I, I would be interested to hear your thoughts, guys, Dan, on that trade specifically, because with my team build and the 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 tight ends that I have at my disposal. It's kind of a ragtag group and it's a ragtag group. that's paying off so far. Um, and with the rest of the build, I thought it made sense for me, but I'd like to get your thoughts. Especially in light of where we're at right now, what we've seen over two weeks. And I think Mitch, you know, hit the hammer on the, the nail when he said it's about value. Cause we're having a different conversation than we are with like Trey Lance. There were, none of us are out on Kyle Pitts by any means, but we know like the ransom you could have, you know, received uh, 
But in the past for Kyle Pitts, it's not there now. Debo Samuel is going to have an awesome year. He's a stud wide receiver. Um, Damian Harris is a very good football player. We, I know we're going to talk about some concerns after week two a little bit later on, and, and there are definitely New England Patriot concerns, but not necessarily Damian Harris concerns. So you got two good football players, some draft capital, and I think Pitts is going to be like a little bit of a roller coaster this year that, again, is not in that necessarily top three conversation. Top ten, yes. Um, but there's concerns. You know, through two weeks, you know, yeah, can I not- clarify when you say not top three, you mean from a fantasy 2022 this year, this point. year okay. scoring, the- you know, we're not getting that scoring that we hope for. Like everyone who drafted pits is very, they're distraught over Twitter today, over two weeks. Like this is, this is alarming. Like we, we need to do welfare checks on the fantasy community. So for, for this year, long-term whole other, you know, story, but through two weeks, you know, everyone looks at him as a wide receiver and he's lines up wide and he's gotten zero targets, which is a coach is telling me there's a separation problem. And then coach Arthur Smith today is, you know, he's, he's got his, you know, his uh, panties in a bunch a little bit there as uh, this is not fantasy. I don't know why he's got to hate on the fantasy community. I know he's a frustrated coach. I'm sure at Owen too, but like they do got to find ways to get him open, like do a bubble screen. I don't like just, just let him touch the ball. Uh, th- there's gotta be some ways. So uh, I think there is something there. I do know what coach Smith is saying as far as they are trying to stay in games. Mariota's one thing he is, he's a veteran savvy quarterback. He doesn't want to force the football and make mistakes. And if Pitts isn't creating a lot of separation, he's not just going to jam it in there. He doesn't have 50, you know, what, what Matty Ryan did um, to squeeze, you know, you know, maybe a few more balls in there. So I think we got to be patient. I think he'll have some moments. He'll get some yards again this year. But as the number four pick overall, that value has definitely changed. Oh, John. Oh, John. And I, I'm, I'm having a laughing attack here. <laughs> if you're not watching live. Uh, yeah, Dan, I, I love the insight. <laughs> uh, we have a comment in the chat, Mitch. If you're contending, would would you look to move Pitts for Kelsey? No, uh, not straight up. Absolutely not. Is Even any- if something's at, it would have to be something really good added to Kelsey. Kelsey is just someone who I'm not really willing to get on. I mean, it would have to be such a contending team that is literally like Kelsey makes this dominant because we know Kelsey's value is just going to continue to drop. And Pitts is just going to stay right where he is no matter what happens. Can I say instead of doing something centered around pits for Kelsey, maybe explore another option and just maybe pay above market, but just get a Gerald Everett or a yep. Tyler Higby if it's a two PPR. Pat Fryermuth, JB, come on, oh, you're a Steelers Pat. fan. He's looking yeah. good this year. Yeah, awesome. the usage has been very impressive, and I mentioned that last week. Uh, sorry about my laughing attack over here. I I swear I'm I'm 35 years old, but act like a younger than my three-year-old son sometimes. Uh, but that would be my thought. Looking to acquire like a Higby or an Everett. Uh, I mean, heck, go just go get Evan Ingram on your roster. I mean, at this point, and you can still keep Kyle Pitts then, and hopefully things can, can turn out. But the only one that I would really look to move in terms of the tight end position would be something involving Mark Andrews, I think. Obviously, the move I made, it was looking at other needs and looking at other assets that still, I believe, had insulated value in Debo Samuel and especially those 23 rookie picks. But uh, Nick in the chat, certainly don't go out and get Tommy Tremble. Guys, can I say our hot take episode, Mitch 
had Brevin Jordan. Dan had Tommy Tremble. And I said Isaiah likely would outscore both of them. And he's beating both of them combined right now. Right, we're so off far. to slow starts right now. So far. We're okay. Yeah, we're, we're two full weeks into the season. So Kyle Pitts, do not, don't panic. No. Um, but there are still those opportunities to cash out. And if you're looking to go that direction, like I said, I think the way to go is other positions as opposed to, you know, Mitch, you, you very quickly said no with, for that Kelsey opportunity. Absolutely. So uh, that, that would be, be our thoughts here. Mitch really quick before we get into these next two guys, Cole Komet, what are you doing with him? (laughs) I'm not playing him. (laughs) Like I, there's nothing you can do. Like at this point, I wish I could put him on my taxi squads. That's like the greatest hope I could have for him. But you can't start him. He's has enough hype. You can't really drop him. You can't trade him for anything. No one wants him. He just sits on your bench. You know. We bring I, it up with certain tight ends all the time. He's this year's Vance McDonald, but he's even worse than what Vance McDonald was when he went to the Steelers. That's the bad thing. Yeah, he did. The the first week I said, let write it off because it was the weather. Like for both teams, San Fran and Chicago. But it's tough to look at this last week. I think it was uh, 17 dropbacks, 11 pass attempts. It yeah, was that something. one game sample size would be terrible to look at, right, John? But, uh, but you, like, you're not going to start Cole Komet. No. You're not going to start him right now. You can't. And you know the next week he's going to be on everybody's bench. He might have two catches and really go off. Maybe he might get five yards. I, I was just looking at my tight end tiers, and I have Cole Komet who dropped significantly from where I had him previously. Yep. Man, tearing up my heart. Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, both off to a fantastic start to the season. Dan, are they for real? Are neither my- of them for real? One of them? Either or? <laughs> Mitch is listening very closely for one of them, I know. And, and when you put this in our show notes, I was like, you know, what is JB defining as for real? Mm-hmm. I- I would say for Uh, fantasy mm -hmm. football, they are temporarily matchup specific. Um, They they are real for now. Um, I still have apprehension behind this year for both of them. Each team's one and one right now. If they finish eight and eight or worse, how long is the leash? You know, what is their final record? Where do they end in next year's draft? Um, I, I think this could end quickly, especially with Wentz. They were coming from behind. They're pass happy. It took them, you know, some time to get going last week. I mean, Goff, you know, played an Eagles team that was that was pretty good and, and did decent. I mean, we saw a totally different Philadelphia Eagles team last night. And uh, so I'm, I'm a little more hopeful there. Just thinking that maybe Detroit just believes in them and they're in and they're building this a certain way, but still apprehensive on both. So well, will I use maybe- them this year? Yeah. But maybe a little more belief in Jared Goff then based on beyond 2022? Just Detroit hasn't given us any indication that they are not happy with Jared Goff. You know, they're they're building an offense. They're having some success. You know, great O-line. Because there there are certain quarterbacks, and I, I talked about after those elite ones, that have to have a good team around them. And Goff's one of them. You know, again, these quarterbacks don't grow on trees. We could pick apart so many of the quarterbacks in our rankings. Um, I think, you know, in some ways, how much different is Goff than a lot of guys if Detroit is really building something good there with that offense? He might last a little while. Yeah, so 
Mitch, I, I don't think, I think Carson Wentz falls in that category that you just don't have a lot of. I know you were I actually have a little bit to be honest. Oh, okay. So <laughs> one thing perfect. that I, I went out today and I wanted to see how panicked people were on certain quarterbacks. Right. And I have a lot of Carson Wentz and I have a little bit of Jared Goff, but those are two guys that I was looking to pivot off of. And either depending on my team build, I don't even want to say his name because we're going to start arguing again, but I was looking at Justin Fields depending on my team build. Okay. I was looking at a Russell Wilson. I was looking at a Kirk Cousins because it's fresh in people's mind. And what we saw last night was absolutely horrendous out of Minnesota. But I wanted to see how panicked people were if they were buying into the early two-week production, small sample size, from Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. So, Mitch, you're saying you do have a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. Is it very team-specific depending on what you're doing with, with each of them? So not really Carson Wentz. I think he looks like the Carson Wentz that we had last year. He's a quarterback who can do really good things, but he makes so many stupid decisions that coaches are just going to end up hating him for it. Um, so th my problem with Wentz is I just don't know if he's going to be starting next year. I have not a whole lot of faith that another team's going to give him another chance with Jared Goff. I think the lions like him. I think, so many times we've been, oh, they're just going to draft someone new in 2023. Maybe not. Look at this offense right now. This offense is fine. They don't need that really good rookie to come in. Jared Goff can kind of do what this Lions offense, you know, needs him to do. So for me, we talked about it before the season started, I think. I think Goff's going to be the starter through 2023. And nothing he's done so far this year would change me from that. So the teams that I have for Goff, the bad thing was after that podcast, I went out and tried to trade for him and had people flat out tell me, I listened to the podcast. <laughs> you think he's good for two years. It's going to cost more. And I'm like, well, that's not fair. Uh, would you move Trey Lance for Jared Goff in a 2023 first? Yes. yes. Carson Wentz in a 23 first? Nope. I okay. would. See, I can't do it for once. Because the... What, uh, right? Wentz has a probably, I think Wentz will definitely get into the next year with Washington. I, I, I don't think they'll be off him in one year, but we'll see. What about Wentz a first and a second next year? Yeah, I take the at that yeah. point. Okay. Yeah. And again, just looking at thinking about a 12 team super flex leagues. Good negotiation. Um, a few notes here. And like, again, I, I don't even want to say this because I have so much Carson Wentz still. Uh, I, I was buying it. Uh, solid discount, I believe, whenever he was injured with Indianapolis. But looking at both of these guys with Carson Wentz, 7.5 yards per attempt through two weeks. His career average is 6.8, so a solid chunk above that. He hasn't hit 7.5 since his third year in the league. Mm -hmm. After that, it's been a little bit rough. His interception rate is still high. It's 3.4%. 3.4% is his career high, and that was 2020. And we all remember what a disaster year that was for him. That's when uh, Jalen Hurts stepped in for a few games. Touchdown rate of 8%. That is high. His career average is 4.7. So there's a few things here with Carson Wentz. We talked about that division. Now, outside Dallas's defense, it, it is somehow kept them in games. It, you know, 
Look at what it did to Cincinnati. So those two games could be a little bit rough, but the Giants, uh, Eagles defense, I mean, Eagles could be think, tough too, I, man. I think so, the so Giants these, have a pretty good defense now too. So well, as I'm saying this, I'm, yeah. I, maybe we didn't give this division enough credit on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, remember Washington's still, played Detroit and Jacksonville so far. Do I have that right? Yeah. You know, Jacksonville game was in Washington. Jacksonville was still working out some kinks. It took them a while to figure out a not great Detroit defense. Sorry, Mitch. Um, you know, he's got weapons, Wentz. Again, there's, there's fantasy production there, but they're still one and one, and they haven't even gotten to the heart of their schedule. It's, it's probably the best wide receiver core he's had to work with throughout his career. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know if many people would argue that. Obviously, the tight ends come into play. But the game scripts have been really good for them from a, a passing perspective. And like you said, Dan, they've only faced Jacksonville and Detroit up to this point. So what happens if they, when they face an offense that, and no knock on Detroit, I know that offense has looked fantastic so far, but when they face a, a really prolific offense, um, I, that's what I know. I know no, with all due respect, with all due respect. Wow. But so so based on all that, there is concern that he's going to come down a little bit. We're not going to be getting the points per game that we saw in the first two weeks. But it's not much different for Jared Goff. His completion percent, he's sub 60% right now. Mm-hmm. Sub 60%. Uh, but he hasn't made the critical mistakes that Carson Wentz has made. And he hasn't had a full line yet either, too. You know, he, this week that, he didn't have a, a good point interior too. line. Yep. So there, there's some things pointing up there. Like, again, it looks like Detroit's trending to a competitive season. And if their defense could just do enough to keep them in some close games, there's some offensive weapons with the sun God there and Swift. And I think he's buying some job security. We talk about, well, I talk about the touchdown rate with Carson Wentz. Jared Goff's at eight and a half percent. 2018 was the last time he was even above 4%. Plus, he's going to get Jamison Williams at some point. Yep. He is, but I that touchdown rate that again, the, the touchdown rate can come down for guys if they have any rushing upside. Jared Goff has seven rushing yards through two weeks. Well, I mean, <clears throat> sorry, I was just Carson Wentz like aren't going to score thirty points a game. I mean, right. they're just not. I mean, he's probably going to drop down to the mid twenties. So yeah, his touchdown rate's definitely going to drop, but I think he's completely okay. So at that point, we look at the production versus the concern longer term and to say longer term, even two years, but then the upside with him, even having a job is the price worth it to go out and acquire. If somebody was stuck with a Jared Goff and maybe they were shopping them, nobody was really paying. And we're looking at the standings. The team might be and two, their potential points is low and they might just be looking to unload Jared Goff. Maybe we're looking to acquire that. What's the price? What is the price? I mean, see, this is where it comes into play, though. If Jared Goff, let's say you had a Trey Lance on your roster and you have Jared Mm -hmm. Goff, you're probably not going to be looking to move him at a a fair price, right? Mm -hmm. I offered, who did I offer? Actually, I went the other way. I offered Jared Goff for Jerry Judy, and that was quickly declined. Yeah. And I, I, I expected, I uh, l- yeah. listen again, I threw out offers. It was the old stuff against the wall approach. Let's see what sticks. Nothing's nothing stuck today, but I wanted to see exactly how, how, how much of this early production people are looking at. And it seems like not very much. So 
If you're in a quarterback situation, I think Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, depending on the price, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, last week, we talked about Geno Smith, but maybe hold off on looking to acquire Mr. Geno Smith. Mitchell Trubisky, does he start the full year? Uh, you know, we don't know. And the same can be said for Marcus Mariota. Ryan Tannehill, he's putting up negative points in plus six, minus four leagues. Uh, so anything else on Jared Goff, Carson Wentz? It, not nothing else. No, nope, no, nope. I think we covered those two. Just kind of happy with them. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think we'd be sitting here going into week three talking about two studs like Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. That's what you, it is. You look at all the quarterbacks like that were in maybe a tier ahead of them. You know, Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, uh, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson. Them. There's a lot of just warts on a lot of quarterbacks right now. So they're they're you know at least in the conversation with some fantasy points that they put up. Uh, Davis Mills is still Davis valued. Mills. He's still valued on uh, at least KTC, and that's always been an asterisk. We always talk about that. But he's still valued over Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. I can't see how Davis Mills' price and value does not continue to drop. Yeah. Baker Mayfield uh, on DTC, it's Carson Wentz 22, Jared Goff 23, Baker Mayfield 24. I, there's got to be a little more separation has there. To be. Yep. there. There has to be. If I have a Baker Mayfield... Maybe I could add a third to get to Goff. I, I would do that depending on my team situation. And that, that Carolina situation, I think Baker was like 15 of 29 last week. Like there's just so many incomplete passes. I'm watching some of it. He just he still can't see over the line. You know, there's there, 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 there's coaching concerns there with Coach Rule that they're just glaring and obvious. And, and so that I think they might be back where they were, which is the quarterback challenge. Is he better than Sam Darnold? I still believe so. But that's not saying a lot to to fix their problems. Davis Mills, you just have a big question of talent around him. I know, you know, I listen a little bit of Greg Cosell. He loves breaking down film, and I'm a film guy, and he kind of likes Davis Mills. But there's just no talent there. You know, the team seems to battle hard, but there's just I don't know. I think you got to be patient with Davis Mills and see what Houston continues to do. You can only be so patient though until you're stuck with them on your roster and Houston goes another direction. True. Jack Jack poses the question, Mitch. You and I made this very trade. Matt Ryan or Carson Wentz, if you're trying to win this year for a backup quarterback. Carson Wentz. Now it's Carson Wentz. And I got listen, I gotta take these small victory laps because yeah. God knows it's rare. My running shoes, I don't even know if I took them out of the box yet. Matt Ryan's so bad. Oh, my Lord. Uh, AJ in the chat says, too much dysfunction in Carolina, right, Dan? There's a lot. There's a lot. You know, the Colts, we brought up Matty Ryan. I mean, that's another very interesting situation. It's because they're, like, just a bewildering team. Like, Jacksonville has their number, first of all. Like, I could see them getting Pittman back and Matt Ryan being decent next week. And, and, you know, they run Jonathan Taylor more and, 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 you know, take the pressure off Matty Ryan a little bit. But to to give Jonathan Taylor eight, carries uh, that's just a head scratcher and we've seen the Colts just every so often do these things that baffle us and you know where's Paris Campbell uh you know talking to DFS Mitch like he was just invisible and there's these receivers that we never heard of before so a lot of questions in, in Indianapolis there yeah to, uh, I would be willing to add you talked about to wrap this up to Ryan Tannehill to Matt Ryan to Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield Davis Mills for Goff or Wentz at this point. And I'm not saying, like, it's not going to be an early to mid-second value because I don't think they're valued. They shouldn't be valued higher than that, honestly. So the price has to be right. The team situation has to be right. But Wentz and Goff so far, based on the numbers, like I said, I do expect that to come down decently. 
but still remaining somewhat fantasy relevant. All right, Mitch, uh, we got about eight minutes here. <laughs> uh, I I have three pages of notes left, but Mitch, Mitch, outside of the players we talked about, what performance in week two was the most impactful on a player's value dynasty wise? Let's go with a negative and a positive. Go. Both, both. All right. So we'll go with the negative first. It's Josh Jacobs. We could write us. We could write a stat line for every single week. Let's get ten to fifteen carries. He'll get about fifteen yards. He'll get one catch. The problem with that is you get the exact same value out of a Jamal Williams, out of ten other backs in the league that cost a third of the price of what Josh Jacobs does. He is just not worth anywhere near what his value was or what it's going to be here the next six weeks. Now, the one pause. Really quick, uh, you know, because you gave me these two players before the show, so I wanted to pull some things. The needle didn't move at all for him with his involvement in the passing game Mm -hmm. with Brandon Bolden out. And he was still at .06 targets per route run both weeks. So 6% target share on routes run and only about 40% route participation. That is per PFF data. Zero targets in t- inside the 20. The only bright spot here is he does have 100% of the Raiders rushing attempts inside the 10, but it's only four through two weeks. Yeah. And I, he didn't punch in either. I don't, or any of the four. So yeah. Okay. And you're positive. Positive? Jalen Hurts, man. I mean, dude is so good. I'm 100% willing to say I was wrong. Like last year when I said I was out, I didn't want him. I was wrong. He's for me. He's a top five dynasty quarterback now. I'm more than ha- I tried today. I tried to ta- trade Kyler Murray straight up for Hertz. Didn't happen. I think between you have Josh Allen, Mahomes, and Herbert, and then probably Lamar's next, and then it's Hertz. And I don't think there's another quarterback I have close to those five right now. I think there's a huge gap between them. Jalen Hurts. I mean, the funny thing is, he's so Did you good. say you offered Kyler for Hurts? I did. I mean, got that's, that's a solid offer. Yeah, got turned down. The funniest thing is, he's so good, he has one passing touchdown this year. That's the funny thing. It's like, he's so good. There's one. And one thing I re- want to make sure I got across with him is, I'm not afraid of his value going down because of how good they built that team and how good that offense is. If A.J. Brown goes down, that offense is still fine. If Devontae Smith ends up going down, it's fine. If Goddard goes down, it's going to be fine. They don't even need Miles Sanders because they could put Boston Scott there and he'll do just as well. So I think that offense is in such a good position and that team is going to be so good this year that I think he's easily locked into top five in dynasty leagues moving forward. I think that's even next year too, because the rookies coming in, none of them are as good as what Jalen Hurts is right now. I do. I do. I do remember it was the last episode before this weekend's great performance. I said, Jalen Hurts MVP from this Cowboys fan and the Eagles Mm -hmm. is a super, super bowl uh, contender. It's there. And and Mitch is right. You know, especially the O-line, that O-line is elite and it's deep. You know, they're, they're a team that could withstand an injury there. Running backs are three deep as far as I'm concerned. I don't want to see him lose an A.J. Brown because he is just open all the time. He is just a, a beast. Um, Devontae Smith, I was pleased that they got him involved this week. And, and Goddard's obviously a stud, but spot on there. But I'm just saying, I called that a little bit earlier. Number one in yards per attempt at 9.1. He was at 7.3 last year. Eighth in completion percentage, but tied for second in adjusted completion percentage. So that incorporates drops from his receivers. 
3.7% touchdown rate last year. 3.7, okay? You remember I said eight and eight and a half this year for Goff mm-hmm. and Wentz to start the season. Jalen Hurts, Mitch, you stole the, the wind out of my sails. 1.6% touchdown rate to start the season. What? That's not sustainable. <laughs> it is going to go up. So we haven't even seen his ceiling yet. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was always the concern of the, the Eagles as a team, the draft picks, but they went out, they brought in AJ Brown. They, 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 they solidified that offense and that defense certainly looked a heck of a lot better this week. Dan positive and negative uh, from a value perspective here after week two. The negative, man, I was like, where do I start? Because I'm just starting to dissect issues in like Carolina, New England passing game, Denver, Atlanta. But you, you already stole the thunder earlier. I, I listed Cole Komet is dead to me. Um, I was trying to be a little patient. Like I was concerned week one. And I didn't say anything last week because of the weather. And like his tight end snaps week one was split with whoever their bum back up to two tight end is that will never be on any of our fantasy rosters. Like he wasn't even getting the routes run so he's just dead to me and positive it's not necessarily a surprise like a surprise because he was high on our list going into this season but like Jalen Waddle guys like and I know Baltimore had some uh coverage issues and secondary you know was weak but he's just awesome like he was awesome last year and he is a yak machine and we spent so much time talking about like DJ Moore who is a stud but he always is like not getting the touchdowns and there's those off and on Baker concerns and, you know, everyone's dogging to it, but I just think Waddle is like quarterback proof almost uh, really loving him. And I, I think he should be right up there with the big boys. I, you, you mentioned the name Tua. He has to be one of the biggest risers from a value perspective. Uh, Finally. Well, you look at, look at the concern that everybody had around Tyreek and Waddle Tua can't support them. And I know it's only, two games here, but they've looked okay. All right. So we talk, I want to, I want to mention some of the blurbs that I, I talked about last week uh, based on people throwing out on Twitter that Michael Thomas was a sell because of the two touchdowns. I said, don't just go out and sell him to sell him. He had another strong game, got the touchdown there this week. Uh, I mentioned Allen Robinson, Mike Williams, Aaron Jones as buys based on their usage. What? We said two players. No, well, this is my last week recap. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. I didn't know and, we had. And then I talked about Garrett, recap. Listen, then I talked wow. about Garrett Wilson being a buy due to the targets inside the 10. But now I have seven real quick, really quick, really, really, really quick. <laughs> I got a minute. C.D. Lamb and Dak Prescott, I'm not out on yet. We saw that Tampa Bay defense in full force again against New Orleans. It's just a really good defense. That Dallas offense is going to recover. They're not going to be nearly as bad as what we saw in week one. Garrett Wilson, still a dude, has seven targets inside the 10 through 10 or through two weeks. There are 22 teams in the NFL that do not have as many targets inside the 10 entire teams as Garrett Wilson. Traylon Burks, there are only five receivers that have hit at least 30% target share per route run in both games this year. Tyree Kill, Stephon Diggs, Cooper Cup, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Traylon Burks. Mike Gesicki, I'm still looking to move him. And I think that opened up an opportunity. Him landing in the end zone still wasn't as involved, especially when you're throwing up 50 pass attempts. So still looking to shop Mike Gesicki. Mark Andrews still showed that he is an absolute monster. And he still demands the targets. Uh, Week two, he saw 0.42 targets per route run. The next highest over the last two weeks out of anybody 
was Darren Waller at 0.32. That's quite a gap. So I think the, the gap between Andrews and Pitts is getting smaller and smaller each and every week. If you need a tight end, and he, he very well might not be on waivers, but if you're in a tight end premium league, I don't know if there's a better value right now than Tyler Conklin. All right. He, he, uh, but da, 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 da. he's one of eight tight ends with at least four catches in each game through two weeks, only one of eight tight ends. They're going to have to throw. They're going to have to throw often Tyler Conklin. He's going to be able to rack up some points. And then last one, Russell Wilson, zero touchdowns, zero touchdowns on 18 pass attempts inside the 20 for yep. context. Joe Flacco has four on 20 pass attempts. Carr has four on 13. Stafford has four on 13. Positive regression. I know that's a buzzword for people, but it's 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 going to come into play. This bodes well for Russell Wilson. It bodes well for Cortland Sutton. <sighs> Finally, got through it there. Final thoughts. That was pretty quick. Pretty quick. Dan, final thoughts for our listeners after episode 174. I missed the week two recap in our notes, Mitch. I, <laughs> yeah, I didn't no, know I didn't see that our, either. Our, I don't know. Homework, I think that was left out. That, that, was, that was John's week two uh, victory lap on a few names. Mitch and I will save our uh, week two recaps for the Discord, I guess. But uh, final thoughts tonight for the listeners. You know, the data points are starting to add up. Only two weeks, but things really, I think, especially after three weeks. Uh, just do your research, you know, from the info we're sharing on the show and our Discord you know, different analysts that we all follow and start having some conviction and be active. Try, try to find a way to improve your roster, whether it's small or large deal. I, I know Mitch and JB like the large deals. Sometimes I like the smaller ones, but just try to find a way to improve your roster. There's there's opportunities out there and we're starting to get some good data. I, I always say it's not the size of the deal that matters. It's how you put it into full force. <laughs> Mitch, what do you brought got? To, Final brought thought. Brought to you by Manscaped. Yeah. 20% off. Man, Theory 20. Theory 20 at Manscaped. Take so I, I was just going to say, just pay attention to coaching. Coaching matters so much in the NFL, and we're seeing it already. There's new coaches who look horrible. There's also new coaches who have completely turned a team around, kind of like Doug Peterson in Jacksonville. And there's also the coaching staff with the Chicago Bears right now. There's good ones and bad ones, and they matter just as much as the players on the field. Oh, okay. So that's it. I was expecting more there. That but anyway, it. hopefully everybody enjoyed the show. Like I said, extremely excited about our partnership with the DLF family of podcasts. Uh, re- really jacked to be to be part of the team. Um, uh, Manscaped, 20% off. We already talked about it. Support the team. It helps us out a lot. Check out the Patreon. We got the tiers. I'm, com- I'm just mining data and getting it all in one spot for people. I see somebody's in the sheet right now. But uh, all kind of information that's out there, I'm just getting in one place for for everybody's viewing pleasure. Uh, the tiers, the annual projections, the Patreon uh, game day chat. Like, I can't have notifications on on game days because the, the phone doesn't stop. Yep. And it's fantastic. Anyway, like I said, hopefully everybody enjoyed the show. We'll catch you next week. For Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna, I'm John Bauer. Have a good night, everyone. <laughs>